Just want to be up front. There are a few swear words in here. So if you got some kids listening, listener discretion is advised. Across the Field Podcast is brought to you by Solar Shine and Detailing, TNT Springer Landscaping, Sin Rock Engraving, Antoine Automotive, The Vaughn Co., Sonora Rams Live, Hybrid Performance, Species Barbershop, and Higher Threads. Another episode of Across the Field, Double B and Corbin coming at you. Corbin, how we doing this evening? Ah, doing well, Brett, doing well. Two things that have lasted longer than uh, Bill O'Brien's tenure at Ohio State. Grandpa Simpson walking into that bar and out, and Aaron Rodgers' playing career with the New York Jets. Oh, boy. (laughs) That's a pretty good one. I'll give that one to you. <laughs> nothing right. official, nothing official yet, but uh, all signs point to Ryan Day being back on a, a burning hot seat. Oh boy, you ain't a kidding. We got a lot to get into today. We're going to talk about Bill O'Brien. We're going to recap the weekend, high school, college, and I know we got to talk about that NFL Pro Bowl. But before we get to all that, Corbin, let's take a, a moment of silence here. Rest in peace to one of the great country legends, Toby Keith. Moments passed. Yeah, that was uh, that was certainly some sad news. Waking up this morning, it was kind of all over the, the the Fox and Friends that I was watching. Um, man, we talked about it right before we went on. A lot of good songs, a lot of underrated songs. Yeah, we might. Uh, we were getting some karaoke out too. We might have to put this <laughs> in the episode. No, I don't. I, I think that'll stay with the blooper reel. Yeah, probably. You're probably right. <laughs> No, country legend, to say the least, man. And like I, I told you before we started recording here, I went and saw him when I was probably 10, 11 years old up at the Coliseum in Fort Wayne. Unbelievable. What uh, – so so everybody knows the – everybody knows his, you know, his, his most popular songs. But I do got to ask, what is your favorite song that you don't think a lot of people know but you really enjoy? Mm-hmm. Boy, that's tough because what was that album? I would have to go back and think about it. It wasn't shocking, y'all. Boy, that had some good tunes on it, didn't it? That had some good ones. I, it was the one. Oh, boy, I can't even think of it right now. It had like a doghouse on the cover of it. Do you remember that one? I know album you're talking about, but I don't remember what the exact name of it was. There was a couple songs on there that I really got into. Back in the day, you know, before you had MP3s or anything like that, just had the old CD player. That was Toby Keith Unleashed. Unleashed, yes. Yep. And I can't remember the name of the song, but there was like one or two on there that I really got into that they're not real popular, but man, they were good. Well, that doesn't answer my question, though. I I need a specific tune. Well, hold on, hold on. (laughs) Because now i got to look it up. It's all good that I really got into. But I'd have to listen to it again. Those are all good, though. uh, Jeez, I listened to that whole thing. (laughs) Obviously, had the courtesy of the red, white, and blue on there. Well, sure. Um, but I would say, who's your daddy's a good one. That's still one of my favorites. I don't know. That's tough. What's yours? Uh, so I'm, you know, you're talking about albums. I'm a big fan of Clancy's Tavern. I think it was okay. like, like early 2010s. Yeah. Um, and I, I like the song Clancy's Tavern that's that's on that album. But also on that album, you had Made in America, which is obviously, you know, very popular. But Beers Ago is also another one that's really good that's on that album. Oh, that's a good one, too. Yeah, those are all solid. Was there a song that you didn't like of his? That's the bigger question. You know, some of his, his newer stuff I didn't much care for. 
Okay. Like I, I, obviously the album that I pick out was, you know, in, in, I think it was, I think it was 2010 or 2011. Um, but he kind of went on a, I don't, I don't know, kind of a pop kick or at least it kind of seemed that way. Yeah. And maybe it was more so, you know, because he kind of got away from that, that nineties, um, you know, that nineties feel, but I think he released an album in, in the mid two thousands. Um, and you know, I might be disliked for this, but on, on the album, it was, uh, as good as I once was. And a lot of people like that song, but I just, I don't know, for whatever reason, I'm not a fan. Really? Not, not a big fan of it. Maybe okay. it was because it was overplayed. I don't know, but sometimes that can, yeah, sometimes that can happen. Like I, I dislike when they overplay some songs for sure, but man, I, again, just a legend, absolute legend. Just a piece of my childhood that's gone. Yeah, and I and and you know the one thing that I really like out you know extremely patriotic guy, very outward about you know how he felt about you know the soldiers and and everything that was going on. Obviously, you know our our lives changed a lot um, as kids. You know, it's, it's September 11th, um, yeah. and he was kind of that. He was kind of that first, I guess, pop culture type person that I can remember who was, you know, outwardly supportive of the troops that I can, you know, relate to. And I don't know if relating to is the right phrase, but the first guy that I connected to in that way. Yeah. And, you know, everybody knows the song, you know, proud to be an American. Um, but, but I think that, that my most, my, my favorite patriotic line is when he says, we'll put a boot in your ass. It's the American way. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, you know, still when I hear that, uh, you know, it, it kind of, I guess, motivates me or at least, you know, instills a sense of pride in, in, you know, our country and, you know, regardless of, of who's in office now or, or the, the trials and tribulations that we're going through, um, you know, I still think it's kind of a rallying cry that a lot of people can get behind. That's all I got there. Yeah. Big, big loss. Big loss for sure. All right. Let's get into the sports talk though. And I'll, let's start right there with Ohio State football. Um, you know, news broke over the weekend that uh, maybe even Friday uh, afternoon, evening that, uh, you know, Bill O'Brien might be out already taking this head coaching job at Boston College. And I don't think anything's official yet, Corbin, um, as you mentioned before we went on air here. But uh, what does this mean, number one, for Ohio State? And, and, you know, where do we go from here, I guess? Well, I mean, I certainly think that that if he does leave, that Ryan Day's, you know, hot seat went from just smoldering to you know almost a full inferno again, you know, because yeah. at the at the end of the season, this was priority number one, I think, for Ryan Day, and and not just Ryan Day, but I think for the fan base. Um, so so I think that you know I, I don't think he can settle. I think I made you know my opinions pretty clear to you guys, you know, yesterday about how. You know, I don't think he can settle. I still think he, there's plenty of guys out there that he could go out and still have, you know, make another home run type higher um, if this is the case. Yeah, and I mean, I guess going back to just Bill O'Brien in general, I mean, you can't really blame a guy that can take a head coaching job, um, even if it is like a Boston college. And I know, you know, some of the reports have been out that, you know, for medical reasons, his son's got some medical issues and, you know, they were going to, to Boston there to the hospital to, you know, for his appointments or treatments, whatever the heck he was having going on. And I don't know that for sure. Um, but if this, I mean, we'll just talk about logistically, you know, kind of already set there in that area. I mean, you can't really blame a guy for maybe wanting to stick around and, and bettering things for his family. No, absolutely not. And, you know, ultimately when you coach, um, I guess I shouldn't say ultimately, but 99% of the time your goal is to be a head coach. You know, yep. and when you when you become a head coach and it doesn't work out, um, you take those experiences and, you know, either go take another head coaching job or you go be an assistant. And, you know, he's gone to be an assistant for a while. And, um, you know, if, if the opportunity presents itself and you can go home and you can, you know, put your family in a better, better situation, and I think – He's been pretty 
open about you know the the family issues um that, yeah. they, that they've had to deal with so it's no secret um and again you know if it, i would think that you know even for ryan day um if if o'brien went up to him and said hey you know i want to take this job you know i'm sure well i would i guess like to hope that he would 100 percent have his blessing yeah i would like to think so um because again i you know at the end of the day these are still human beings and I know we get on here and we give everybody a little bit of flack, but you don't realize these guys go home and they have families, you know, I don't think everybody takes that into consideration all the time. And, and so, you know, I think this is a good move for bill and, you know, if this is what he wants to do, then, then so be it. But I guess moving on to Ohio state a little bit, I mean, what's this mean now? I mean, I know some names have been thrown around. You throw some names around in our group chat. So, <laughs> I mean, where do you think the Buckeyes should go or can go from here? Well, I, I think the, I guess, popular thought at this point, and to me, I think it's a settle if if this is the guy they do hire. But um, Jason Candle's been name's been thrown out a lot. He's the head coach at Toledo right now. Yeah. Uh, I, I think that that's a settle hire. Settle, I think uh, it's convenient. You know, somebody in-state, um, it's not like they're going to have to, you know, re- relocate across the country or anything like that. So, you know, you go get a guy who's got a couple of MAC championships. Uh, but my problem with Jason Candle is that he's never been out of small town foot or small time football. You know, yeah. he, he spent a lot of time at Mount Union, um, obviously successful, but that's not the Big Ten. Um, you know, and then he went to Toledo, obviously had some success, but that's not the Big Ten. Um, you know, so, so that's, that's my problem with him. Um, I'm not saying one way or the other that he can or can't do the job, but you know, we're not in a situation as a program right now to hire a guy without knowing that he can or can't do the job. If that makes sense. Yeah. You know, no, you, with... You've got to hire a proven guy. Exactly. And I guess this kind of leads me into my next point. Like, I think Ryan Day was set on getting an NFL guy, and I think he's still kind of maybe trending that way. But to what you're saying, I think he at least has to get a guy that's been there, done that, um, at that at that level of what Ohio State actually needs. Yeah, I I agree. And you know, if if it's if it's NFL you want, you know, there are guys out there that you could you can certainly bring in with NFL experience. You know, I'm not advocating for this at all. Um, Although, again, if this is if this was the settle hire, I could at least be okay with it. If they were to say, you know, hey, we're going to elevate Joe Philbin and be co-offensive coordinators with with uh, Brian Hartline. Again, that was where I was at, you know, a long you know a long time ago before I knew that Ryan Day was serious about hiring somebody. Um, and if that's if that was the settle hire, I'd be okay with it because one, Philbin's got NFL play calling experience. Um, you know, two, he could coach the offensive line. Not that I think that they're going to get Justin Fry out of there now, because it sounds like he's got all sorts of confidence in him. Um, but I mean, there's a couple of guys right there that if you're trying to make a convenient hire, they're there. Yeah. You know, yeah, but, uh, what do you think about like Eric B. Yeah, I, I think that that would be, uh, you know, a home run, maybe even a, a grand slam hire. Um, you know, and, and it's unfortunate because I think unless he just is an absolute terrible interview, I think that, that Eric Bannemi has been robbed of, of a head coaching opportunity in the, uh, in the NFL. Um, you know, I, again, I'm not sitting in on those interviews. Maybe he's just not very, very well spoken. Maybe he's just really good at calling plays. I don't have any idea. Um, but obviously the results speak for themselves. I mean, what he was able to do in Kansas City was outstanding. Um, what is it, what he was able to do this year in Washington um, was, you know, worthy of at least an interview. So if if Ohio State announces, you know, next week that they're interviewing Eric Bieniemy and they're going to bring him in, I mean, I think that that would be a grand slam hire. Yeah, I'm with you. I, you know, I just don't. I just don't name out there and i guess i haven't done enough research and sorry to cut you off and you can chime in with whatever you need to um but yeah i just think if he if he's dead set on an nfl guy that's about 
the only direction I think you go right now, unless he's got some other connections that we just don't really know about. Yeah. I mean, NFL wise, you know, and, and I say this more so with the experience that I had, you know, watching him as, as a uh, Indianapolis Colts head coach, um, you know, Frank Wright, I think is a really good play caller. Yeah. Um, brings NFL experience. He could also coach quarterbacks. So you'd be replacing, you know, an NFL guy with an NFL guy. Um, you know, I don't know if how he would, you know, do in the college game, um, you know, because he hasn't, hasn't been there in so long, but uh, I mean, he's a, he's an NFL guy. If that was the route, you know, a couple of guys that I, I wouldn't mind at least interviewing um, Joe Moorhead, uh, you know, Akron's head coach, um, you know, he's coached big time football, big time college football. He's been a head coach in the sure. SEC. Um, so I mean, I, that's, that's where I would go. If you're, if you're trying to get a guy that's, you know, already in state that has big time college coaching experience. I, I mean, it, just, just go back and, and look at some of the offenses that, you know, Joe Moore had headed, you know, he was a pain when he was the OC at Oregon. Um, and then he gave, you know, teams fits in 2016 and, and uh, at Penn state. So, I mean, there's, there's experience there. I just, I just don't want us to settle with like a Jason candle. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, what's the status on like Joe Brady? Is he is he sticking around in Buffalo? So they elevated him. He's now I think the full time OC guy. Okay. I think that so, that was just at the end of January. So, I mean, I think it happened after uh, Bill O'Brien was hired. To be honest with you. So there's no way that we could maybe seal him away. Uh not now. I don't think. Okay. I mean, that's about the only other name I can really think of, honestly. I'm with you on the Joe Moorhead thing. I think that'd be good. You know, Dan Mullen's another guy that I throw – I, you know, I, I wouldn't mind at least, you know, bringing in. He's got the Urban Meyer ties. But from the little bit that I've read, I, I've, I've heard that there might be some friction between him and Ryan Day. Uh, Ryan Day was a grad assistant uh, with Urban Meyer when, when Dan Mullen was the OC. I mean, yeah. I, I don't know if that's substantiated or not. But, you know, I, I've, I've always liked Dan Mullen, not as a head coach. Again, you know, the, some of the guys that I've rattled off here are failed head coaches. And I believe 100% that there are guys that just are not good head coaches but are outstanding offensive and defensive coordinators. And, you know, again, like we talked about, you know, the, at the beginning of this, guys, guys move up the ranks because they want to be head coaches until they realize that they're just not good head coaches. You know, yep. that's just the yep. way that it is. So, you know, the, the guys that we've rattled off have at least had success as coordinators, and that that's the position that we're trying to fill. Yeah. <clears throat> that's about all I got on that. I mean, unless you got any closing thoughts there. I mean, we're I did want to preface the episode here by saying, you know, we're recording here on Tuesday night, um, and then we're going to drop another episode. Or we'll record again tomorrow night, so – I have two episodes this week, so maybe something will happen between now and tomorrow night in the next 24 hours. But that's about all I got there, Corbin. Yeah, they say that they want to they want to have a hire by the end of the weekend um, at Boston College. So I guess you know if it doesn't get made, you know, the next 48 hours, we won't know about it. We won't be able to talk about it till next week. Absolutely. Hey, let's stick right there. And let's talk, as we're talking about coaches, I do want to bring this up and more so in the NFL ranks, but is it just mind boggling to you as it is to me that Bill Belichick and Mike Vrabel did not land anywhere? Have you seen the latest reports on Vrabel? I have not. (laughs) So fire away. So the latest news, and I read this on Twitter, um, and I had to I had to look it up multiple times, or at least see multiple people reporting it. Um, but but there there was an anonymous GM around the league that said that Vrabel's physic physical size, so how how large of a man he is, was intimidating to some people in particular organizations. Thus. They kind of steered clear of him. Are you kidding me? I mean, I, again, 
as as wild as that sounds, there are major news outlets that have reported that. Wow. That's like uh boy, I didn't know that. I'm gonna get fired up now. <laughs> that's like that's like being in high school and you go you know, you wanna go to the prom and instead of asking one of the better looking <laughs> chicks, you just settle for you know, somebody that's average. I mean, what are we doing here? I mean, I, I think it too goes scared to talk to him. I mean, that's what you're telling me. I think it, that that partly goes back to to these young, these young, inexperienced guys getting hired because the front office people know that they can control them. Goodness gracious. I'll be done. But yeah, that, that's uh, that came out early today. Jiminy Christmas. <laughs> we better just move on from that because uh, that's just that's kind of crazy to me. Breaking news right here on on across the field, huh? <laughs> Corbin, I don't want you to coach my team because I'm just too scared to talk to you. You you intimidate <laughs> me. What the hell? I mean, where where are we at society today? <laughs> to, quote, to quote Mike Gundy. <laughs> oh man but anyway that's to me it's just wild that neither one of those guys landed anywhere could, yeah could, I, Bill, I, could Bill Belichick call an offense I don't know I I <laughs> maybe we're reaching there I don't even know if he'd do it but I come, I, yeah. come on down to Columbus I <laughs> I think he's uh I think he's pretty well off financially that if he wants to do something, it better be something he wants to do. Otherwise, uh, thanks, but no thanks. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> All right. Anyway, we'll stick right there in the NFL. Um, you know, you got on a tangent last week about the Pro Bowl games and all the events they had on Thursday and then finished it up on Sunday. <laughs> and I know when I talked to you last night that you said you didn't watch for much of it, but uh, go ahead and share your thoughts. What did you think? <laughs> You know, I, I, I'm honest. I, I saw more highlights and clips um, yesterday and I guess a little bit more today than I actually watched. Um, I mean, it was, I guess, about as expected. You know, I, I thought that the 7-on-7 uh, seven seven was competitive, which is okay, I guess. I mean, I'm not much of a 7-on-7 seven seven guy because – you know, defense is frowned upon. Um, but but I thought some of the games were okay. I I guess my favorite one was the move in the chains. You know, when you had all those guys, they had to move all that weight. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I, outside of that, like, okay, so special teams-wise, you know, you get the snappers involved. One, who cares about the snappers? But when you do get them involved, I mean, they all took the – they all took the easy but – obviously the necessary way of just snapping at the biggest target, collecting as many points, you know, the small amounts as you could as possible um, to get points for your team. And I get it. I mean, but what, what, where's that fun? Why is that fun? Like what was so exciting? Yeah. So my problem with that is you had to snap from the same spot. There's a big board behind them with all these different targets Okay, some of these are like clear off to the right or clear off to the left. I want to see some precision if we're going to talk about snapping a football. Now I, I'm in on that. All it did was it looked like it looked like a between the legs Dr Pepper chest pass to the one pointer down there in the the bottom corner. Well, except for Jason Kelsey, he was just firing at the fives and he <laughs> he only hit it once. <laughs> that's the only thing, and that and I guess that's what I didn't like is they got the actual centers involved, like two centers and then a like a long snapper and. The centers aren't going to be able to hit anything like that. I mean, they're not used to doing that. They should have put a blocker out in front of them. They should have. Make it give, them, give them a little bit more realistic uh, target. Yeah. But anyway, I don't know. I thought it was okay. Sunday was okay. I watched most of it, and, you know, I, I didn't mind the seven-on-seven, seven and I didn't mind some of the things they did in between. It wasn't as bad as what I thought it was going to be, but – I still don't love it. I mean, why can't I, we just why can't we just go back to playing football? I thought the damn closest to the pen was a clown show. It was. <laughs> it was. 
I wanted more competitiveness in the dodgeball. Yes. Yes. You know, and you and I talked about that last night a little bit too. So they went offense versus defense and then switched it offense versus defense, AFC, NFC. I think they should do more rounds of that. Like I was just gonna say the same let's thing. Let's put the best six or eight guys, however many you have out there. After we do that, let and let's let's play a little bit of uh, best of seven. Yeah, I I agree. I I agree a hundred percent. So I don't know. There's there's things they could do. I mean, ultimately, I bet they got people to tune in just like I did, just because I wanted to check it out. Like I told you, I hadn't watched it in the past couple years. Uh, so I tuned right in to see what it was all about. But I can tell you, it wasn't terrible. I would do it again if there was nothing else on, but it it wasn't fantastic. And I know you just absolutely hated it. <laughs> uh, but I mean, realistically, I went in with a with a bad attitude, and you know, <laughs> it was good. It, the only thing I think that really could have wowed me was if the seven on seven was low scoring because the defenses were really good. Like if it was like twenty one to fourteen or something like that and seven on seven. All right, I'm I'm here for it. Well there but what did it end up being like seventy to sixty five or something well, like that? Here's the deal. They actually only scored it was probably like forty to thirty, somewhere in that range. Because and maybe it was like forty to forty, which I know is still pretty high scoring. But they added in all the the three points of all the events you want as well. Oh, is that where they got all the – okay. Yeah, I guess because, that's... because the AFC actually dominated the seven-on-seven flag football itself. I mean, they were up like at the end of the third. Just if you added – if it was just a seven-on-seven game, they were up like 40-something to 27, I think. I got you. I mean, like just, I said, I just saw just the highlights. Yeah, so the NFC won most of the skills challenges, and so they added three points for each challenge you won, and that's how it got up to, like, 70 and what whatever it was, 74 to 69. I don't know what it was. That makes more sense then. Anyway, yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. Like, I don't care that we have all these things in between, but that's how the <laughs> NFC won. C.J. Stroud, though, was balling, man. At one point, like – that's a perfect game for him, seven on seven. Yeah, perfect game for a lot of these guys in the NFL because they don't have 300-pound hog mollies chasing them down. But you only got four seconds to throw. These guys get the ball out shorter than four seconds in a game with guys rushing at them. What's it going to matter when there ain't nobody rushing at them? <laughs> I'm just telling you, he was throwing dimes. At what I'm, point not, was... I'm not knocking it. I'm just – I think that they're obviously in a better environment to be be their athletic selves or let their athletic ability show. I, I got you. I, I don't disagree. You know, I, I've always said as, as a high school coach, what they need to do with these seven-on-sevens is they need to put, like, those pop-up dummies, line about five or six of them across the, the offensive line so that kind of disrupts potential vision and, you know, any sort of, like, Real short dump off pass. Not that you see that, you know, with the with the pro guys, but certainly, you know, when you're seeing at the high school level where guys are running screen plays or dump offs right where the center or the guards are standing, like, give me a break. Now that's not a bad idea there. <laughs> I like that. Boy, you're just you just come up with all sorts of ideas. Well, when you got fourteen voices in your head one time, they'll give you a good idea. <laughs> oh man well that's all i got on that you want to take a break when we come back we'll get into some hoops yep all right we'll be back right after this check out tenora rams live live events broadcast on youtube and post game results articles schedules and more can all be found on tenorarams.com are you looking for the best strength and conditioning training for your athlete or maybe you just want to tone your own body If so, then it's time to get to Hybrid Performance. Located just outside of Paulding, owner Garrett Stoller will assemble the perfect plan for each individual to achieve their aspirations. Call Garrett at 419-770-1041 or search Hybrid Performance on Facebook for your assessment today. Hybrid Performance, bridging the gap between rehabilitation and strength and conditioning. Time to put the winter clothes away and bring on all the spring and summer looks. We are bringing out all the best neutrals and, of course, as always, a pop of color for this spring and summer. 
The Vaughn & Co. offers a stunning collection for women, kids, and babies, and some men's items along with footwear and accessories. Stay ahead of the fashion game by subscribing to our mailing list and following us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vaughn & Co. to get all the exclusive news, deals, and discounts, and product launches. Be on the lookout for pop-up shops in Ohio this year. We can't wait to bring these pieces to you in person. For now, shop on our website at thevaughnandco.com before your favorite pieces sell out. Back here on Across the Field, Corbin, let's get into some Buckeye hoops. Start with the men. Uh, since we recorded last, dropped a road game in Iowa, 79-77 to Friday night. I know uh, I didn't watch much of this game, but do you have any takeaways from this game? Uh, I didn't get to watch much of it live. Um, I have watched the highlights, not the extended uh, version as far as, you know, the the 30 or 40-minute actual cut-up game on the YouTube. But, uh, you know, based on the highlights, it looked like we shot better. You know, and then you look through the box score, 46% from the field, um, you know, 43% from three-point. You know, that's – Really, that's what that's what we're missing is the ability yeah. to shoot the three pointer. You know, yeah. if we have games where we can shoot forty plus percent from three point land, we're in every game. Well, and we'll, we'll we will be in every game, but it's the nights where we shoot fifteen percent or twenty percent. I mean, no, no, for real basketball team can survive that. No, and I know you're not a big. Uh, at least we played them close, guy, and neither am I. But <laughs> I mean. Okay. I know they're not. I know Iowa's not very good, but at least we competed in the game. We just didn't get our doors blown off. Yeah, had a lead at halftime. I mean, I, I guess the the biggest takeaway, if you want to look at it like that, is that you know you competed on the road in the Big Ten. You know, because we've yeah. seen you know we've seen the best in the country go on the road and get beat by you know middling Big Ten teams. So at least they competed on the road in the Big Ten, and you know we talk about it. Uh, in our last episode that going to Iowa was always difficult. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they competed good for them. They didn't win the game, so nobody cares. But, uh, I mean, yeah, if you want to find a positive because that's what makes you sleep better at night, Brett, then sure, at least they played them close. Well, that will help me sleep <laughs> Because last week I said at least – at least we could compete and not get our doors blown off. So Yeah, remember what uh, Mike Leach said about playing them close. Yeah, I, re- I remember. <laughs> <laughs> so as we're recording right now, they're in action playing the Indiana Hoosiers at home. Up now 60-51 to 51 with about five, nine minutes to go. Can they hang on to this lead at home, Corbin? Uh, can they? Sure. Will they? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is about the time where the collapse starts. I mean, I, I have no doubt that Indiana gets it within five at some point. Yeah, well, I think so both by the teams. Time... Go ahead. Both teams are in the bonus. I mean, this is uh, this is easily a, a game where the officiating can, uh, you know, make this, you know, however they want to make it. And I think that with the way that Ohio State has a tendency to go cold shoot the basketball. I, I expect Indiana to certainly get this thing within five. Well, yeah, you're not wrong. By the end of the episode, I'm sure we'll have the final outcome so we could give a, a live reaction. We've always wanted to do that, so. <laughs> this might be good or it might be bad. Hold on, folks. Listener discretion is advised. <laughs> Let's talk about the Ohio State ladies, all right? Big win Thursday night, knockoff Wisconsin at home, 87 to 49. Ohio State just ran the press to perfection, uh, turned them over like crazy, pulled away in that game. And then Sunday at noon, I had I was I was tuned into this one. Took on number 10 Indiana. And Knocked off the Hoosiers 74-69. It was a great ball game. I know you probably didn't watch Corbin, but do you have any thoughts here on this? Uh, I mean, you know, what's exciting is just watching them continue to rattle off wins. And I think that was their second uh, top 10 win this year, or at least in this winning streak. I mean, so that, I mean, that's exciting. You know, anytime that Ohio State can do good in something, not that I'm always interested in it, but it's always exciting for the alma mater to do well. Up to uh, number five now. 
uh, they'll they'll go to Minnesota Thursday on the Peacock nine o'clock. So I'll be tuned into that one as well. Brett, you said something about uh, the the style of play that they had, and it made me wonder, you know, if there was ever a, a girls' high school coaching position that opened up, would you ever have uh, interest in looking into taking over as a head coach? On the girls' side, yeah, yeah, I think so because, <clears throat> well, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> well, the reason that I was curious uh, is you, you talked about how they they want to press, and I know that that's kind of your style. Yeah, well, if you got a team that can press, that you know, that's a little different in high school because you can't just recruit who you want to to fit your style. But yeah, if you got the girls to press and you can turn people over. Yeah, and that's certainly yeah. I mean, you could you could definitely be successful. All right, Corbin, let's get into uh, high school basketball over the weekend. We'll talk on the boys' side here first. Our pretty much our game of the week that we had uh, with Spencerville and Bluffton having both coaches on last week. Um, this game on Friday night, Spencerville Bearcats go over to Bluffton, knock off the Pirates in overtime, seventy six seventy four. Corbin, I'm sure you've seen the play on social media, but Carter Sutoff goes to the line with the game tied, misses both free throws. The ball kind of gets tipped around in the quarter, in the corners, excuse me, thanks to Carter Orr. Uh, Carter Orr grabs it, throws it at the basket. There was 5.9 seconds on the clock when the free throws were missed. Throws it towards the basket. A couple guys get their hands on it. Carter Sutoff. Standing right there at the block, catches the ball, throws it in at the horn, tips it in at the horn. Bearcats win by two. Just an exciting game. I listened to the whole thing. Nate Stidham and the guys, shout out to them on Z Sports 3. But just an exciting finish, Corbin. Yeah, the play looked like it was uh, like a junior high basketball play. What I mean by that, you know, Carter was right place, right time. But the Bluffton guys were doing everything they can to just get a hand on the ball, or do something, and you just see all these arms in the air, and somehow, you know, Sutoff ends up with it right at the buzzer, gets it off. I mean, it, it was kind of comical to watch, and you yeah. kind of feel bad for Bluffton because, I mean, it's, it's not like they did anything wrong. You yeah. know, they, I guess they didn't get the rebound, if you want to say it like that, but they they just couldn't get a hand on the ball. No, and it, it kind <clears> of <throat> felt like to me, like in football – throwing a Hail Mary pass and all the defenders are in the right spot and there's not an offensive guy around, but two or three of them collide and it ends up falling in the hands of the offense. That's literally what it felt like. But yeah, you're right, Brett. Um, you know, 12 lead changes in the game. I mean, it just, just an outstanding game and, and more so, uh, you know, stood off most of his production came in the second half, you know, 14 yeah. points in the second half. Well, he got in foul trouble early. Um, spent most of the first half on the bench. And Carter Orr, I believe, their other big guy, I mean, he he got some foul trouble. Spencerville had to go small for a while. And I believe Bluffton had a lead at halftime. Might have been four or five points. And so the Bearcats just kind of weathered the storm, you know, got through the uh, the first half there with those guys in foul trouble. And then ultimately, you know, found a way to – not keep committing fouls in the second half, and those guys were able to stay on the floor there. Yeah, one thing I didn't know, Brett, that was Spencerville's 16th consecutive Northwest Conference win. Yeah, they won the conference last year. Well, I tell you what, so let's set the scene here. So as we recap that game, I mean, again, congratulations to the Bearcats. They're in total control right now, the Northwest Conference. Um, I've got both TVs going on out here in the cave. i got the Buckeyes on one. And I've got the Paulding Panthers and the Ayersville Pilots in their makeup game uh, on the other TV, Corbin. Paulding at the line, up by five with nine seconds to go. Shooting some free throws here. Knocked down the first one. Panthers got a six-point lead. So it looks like Paulding's going to hang on to win over at the hangar. Yeah, and speaking of cutting it to five, Hoosiers have it to five with the basketball. Oh, absolutely. Paulding's lead's now seven. And... Missed shot by the Pilots. Here's a three on the way. Time's going to run out. Panthers are going to win 44-37. So, good for Paulding there. He's picking up another uh, GMC win. Yeah, it's a big, big conference win. Keeps kind of – keeps them on pace, I should say. 
Um, you know, obviously dropping that game to Fairview, just, just yep. mind blowing, but keeps the momentum going. They had a huge win on Saturday. Kudos to, to coach Stoller's squad, um, for bouncing back. But, uh, you know, the momentum continues to carry because they've got Wayne Trace coming up. Yeah. Perfect segue. We'll just keep it right there on the Panthers. Like, as you mentioned, lost a tough one over at Fairview Friday night, 53, 49, um, I'll set the scene for you again. I sat right here in the garage. I had, uh, um, who'd I have on the, oh, I had Tenor on a TV uh, as they were playing Hicksville. And then I had uh, Paulding and, and Fairview on the other TV. Um, but that was the scene Friday night. And then, like I said, I had Spencerville and, and Bluffton on the radio. So, and then Saturday night did essentially the same thing. I had Wayne Trace Clyde on the radio. I had, uh, Paulding on a TV against Ottaville and had uh, Tenora Archbold on the other TV. So had the had the old game cast going this whole weekend. Get a big win tonight. Lost at Fairview uh, by four on Friday. A tough place to play. They just didn't play very well. Um, didn't shoot it real well. And but then bounced back on Saturday. Got a big win over the Ottaville Big Green. That, I mean that's huge for the Paulding Panthers. Um, you know, knocked them off on 56-53. So, you know, Paulding picking up a couple big wins here from Saturday and tonight. Yeah, and we talked about it. We, you know, we said that they're good enough if they shoot the ball like they're capable of. They're good enough to knock Ottoville off. Um, so, to be honest with you, the loss on Friday, much more surprising than the win was on Saturday. Yeah, 100%. I'd agree with that. Um, but Pauling's still right there. Can make some noise. I believe now they're 10 and 6, 11 and 6, something like that. So, I mean, putting themselves in pretty good position as this weekend approaches for the tournament draw we got coming up on Sunday. But Yeah, and Brett, I, I actually had the uh, – I was was assigned the, the Pauling-Wayne Trace game. Oh, uh, yeah? Next, next Friday. But, uh, you know, fortunately or, or unfortunately, depending on – um, you know, who you enjoy watching call the games. Um, I'll be in Florida on vacation, so I had to pass that one up. But, uh, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch that. That's going to be a really good game. All right, let's talk about uh, some of the other games Friday night. Let's talk about the GMC game. So uh, let's start with Antwerp and Ayersville. Uh The Pilots, who actually, obviously, as we mentioned, just dropped one tonight to Paulding. Um, but going back to Friday – hung right with the Antwerp Archers and Antwerp gets the win at home at the range 46-43 but I think this Ayersville team starting to pick up some momentum they just played Paulding tough you know Paulding just had to win down the stretch there with some free throws uh so I think Ayersville is starting to click a little bit yeah I mean finally starting to put some things together I mean they still only have the one GMC win so they're kind of out of it there uh six and nine on the season uh but in that second half, they outplayed Antwerp. I think they outscored them 30-22 to 22 in the second half. If it wasn't for such a lousy second quarter, they only scored four points in the second quarter, um, they very well could have went into uh, to Antwerp and knocked them off. Yeah. Well, give the Archers credit. They get the win on Friday. Um, and so we'll move along, and we'll talk about Hicksville and Tenora. Uh, Tenora gets the win at home, knocking off the Aces 71 to 50 Friday night. Uh, Corbin, did you catch much of this game? Got any thoughts on this game? Yeah. Did you see uh, Aiden Rittenhouse's stat line? So he had 29. Had it on my TV. He was letting it fly. 29 points, five three pointers for, for Aiden Rittenhouse. Uh, Tenora hit 11 three pointers. So, I mean, we talked about it just a little bit ago with Ohio State and the ability to shoot the three and how far it goes. Um, I mean, you're knocking down 11 three-pointers in a high school basketball game. That's that's certainly tough to beat. Yeah, for sure. Snore Rams picking up a big one on Friday. And then let's talk about the other GMC game. Uh, Wayne Trace went on the road to Edgerton and knocked off the Bulldogs 54-34. to 34. Um, I was getting some texts on the score updates and seemed like Wayne Trace was in control much of the game. I think Ayers, or excuse me, Edgerton made a run at him there in the second quarter, but um, ultimately, you know, the Raiders found a way to win on the road. 
Yeah, double-double for Kyle Stoller, 14 and 10. Uh, but I think the uh, cooler story for Wayne Trace, that is, is uh, the young Gerber, Tyson Gerber coming in. He had 11 off the bench. That's his career best to, uh, to this point. Yeah, yeah that's great for Tyson and great for the Raiders moving forward. So uh, the other game we kind of had highlighted last week in the NWAL, Archibald Nevergreen. Uh, Archibald gets the win, 51-45. Didn't catch much of this. I mean, I kept up with it on Twitter uh, with some updates, but that's a big win for the Blue Streaks Friday night over Evergreen. Evergreen led pretty much the whole way. They yeah. they led after the first quarter at halftime and at the end of the third quarter. And then, you know, Archibald outscores them 17-9 to in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, tough break for, for Evergreen. That was the team I picked to win. Um, they'd won nine of their last 11 going into that. Both those losses, um, league games, though, as yeah. we watch Indiana take the lead. Oh, boy. 70 to 69 with about 230 to go here. But, uh, oh. yeah, big game for Cade Brenner, you know, 23 points. And, again, five three-pointers for, for the Blue Streaks. Um, so, Again, you can shoot the basketball like that. It's certainly hard to to defeat. Yep. Let's get into Saturday night, Corbin, in high school basketball. And a game we had our eye on, uh, Liberty Benton traveled over to Defiance on Saturday evening and pulled out a two-point win, 58-56. What are, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, yeah, Defiance actually had to battle back. Um you know, Liberty Benton's a pretty good basketball squad. Defiance, not as good as what they have been in the past. But uh, they were down uh, double digits there in the second half and ended up uh, cutting it to – or losing them by two in the end. You know, so it was a good run for them. Uh, just unfortunate to run out of time. Yep. Yeah. Good game there that, you know, when we highlighted. So then let's talk about uh... – the Bluffton Pirates, who had a tough weekend, they played Pandora Gilbo on Saturday and dropped that one as well. The Rockets knock off the Pirates 60-48. to uh, What did you think about this? Well, it's certainly surprising. Um, you know, Bluffton, obviously a really good basketball team, very well coached, knew it was going to be a tough weekend. I thought they would at least get one. Um, obviously, I thought it would be the Spencerville game. But, uh, yeah, tough weekend for them. But, you know, at the end of the day, and you talked about it, I don't believe in any sort of moral victories. But at least you drop two games to two really good teams. You know, no moral victories. But, um, you know, it's not like you just went out and laid an egg. Yeah. Talk about some of the the GMC teams. And let's get into Hicksville and Crestview. Uh, The Aces welcome in the Knights. And Crestview comes up with a win 65-40. to Uh, moving li- right along, let's talk about the game that you covered, Corbin. Collide and Wayne Trace. Wayne Trace gets the win at home, 56-40 um, over the Wildcats. Corbin, you were on the call. What was your thoughts on this one? Yeah, a couple of things. Huge night for Kyle Stoller, 28 points. Um, nearly another double-double. I think he finished with eight rebounds. But the bigger story is, is you know, the emergence of baby Larry Bird for the Wayne Trace Raiders. We all know that Caden Sin can shoot the basketball as good as anybody in the area, just so effortlessly. Um, you know, he comes in, he hits five three-pointers, finishes with those 15 points. And, and yeah, even on the call, I, I started refer, refer, referring to him as uh, Baby Bird. <laughs> I missed that. I had had the radio on with uh, Kenny and Brian Shong back in action on, on Saturday night. So I missed you calling him that. I have to go back and watch that. <laughs> Uh, moving right along, you know, we already talked about Paulding getting a big win over Ottaville, 56-53. Um, so we'll move on there. Uh, Ayersville loses a close one at home uh, to the Pettysville Blackbirds, 40-37. to um, Don't know if you have any thoughts on this one, Corbin. Well, again, another game that uh, Ayersville plays competitively. Not that Pettysville is, you know, outstanding by any means winning record. But uh, another tough loss for Ayersville, still trying to put it together. But like you said, you know, they're certainly trending in the right direction. You know, they only turned it over six times. So that's a plus. That's a huge plus. You'll take that any night. Certainly. Certainly. All right. 
Edgerton Bulldogs bounced back after they got beat by Wayne Trace on Friday. Get a one-point win over the Hilltop Cadets, uh, 44-43. Uh, you got thoughts here? I thought Edgerton would be a li- would, would win a little bit bigger than this, but uh, you know, big bounce back win for them. Um, you know, anytime you can win, period is is a plus. So, good win for Edgerton, making the league look a little bit better against uh, you know some weaker BBC opponents. Okay, and then let's talk about Liberty Center and Fairview. Uh, Liberty Center starting to hit their stride right now. They knock off Fairview seventy-two to twenty-six. Uh, not much to say here, Corbin. <laughs> you got anything to add on this one? Uh, it was close after one. It was only ten to nine, but then uh, Liberty Center outscored Fairview twenty-seven to four in the second quarter. Fairview never scored double digits in a quarter in the game. Um, you know, and that's one way to get dog walked like that. So 72-26, big win for Liberty Center and, and Coach Badenhop's squad. Yeah. And speaking of Coach Badenhop, uh, Brett, uh, became the program's all-time winningest coach. Yeah. To win. Yes, I saw that. Congratulations. 130, 132 wins. All right. And then we've got a game that I tuned in and watched. Uh, Archbold knocked off to Nora, 62-49. to And I tell you what, this is a pretty good game. Uh, Cade Brenner had himself another nice night. Uh, Tenora hung right with him, you know, got down six, eight points. They they cut it into the lead a little bit, and then Archbold pulled away at the end and ended up winning this game by 13. So big win for the streaks on the road. And I think Tenora's kind of hitting their stride a little bit right now too. Yeah, starting to score a little bit. Another big night for Rittenhouse. He had 20 points, three more triples. Um, you're right. I think that they're starting to come together at the right time. And, you know, you, you've been around it enough to know that, you know, sometimes those, at least those early matchups where the teams are really even, you know, it's all about who's hot at the right time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me. And then the last one I want to talk about, the Antwerp Archers get a big win Saturday night over the Mount Pillar Locomotives, 65-41. to 41. And in this game, Corbin, Landon Brewer becomes the all-time leading scorer for the Archers. Yeah, obviously, congratulations to him. You know, 25 points going over and surpassing Jagger Landers' program mark. Um, you know, just an outstanding kid, um, good family. And, you know, even even more so, kudos to, to Antwerp for, you know, picking up the win. Absolutely. Well, on the other side of the break, Corbin, we're going to have a little commercial break here. And then we come back, we're going to be joined by Landon Brewer himself. And we'll get his reaction from the big game Saturday night and kind of recap the weekend with him. Spies' Barbershop offers top-notch haircuts and hot towel shaves. Owner Trevor Spies has created a perfect space for customers to kick back and enjoy a coffee before and after the highest quality haircut and shave. Located just off the square in downtown Paulding, Spies' Barbershop has now been serving Paulding and the surrounding area for over a year. Call Trevor today at 419-796-0100 to schedule an appointment. Spies' Barbershop, 208 North William Street in Paulding. Check out Spies' Barbershop on Facebook and Instagram or call 419-796-0100. Are you wanting to put that finishing touch on your landscaping to set it apart from the rest? Or maybe you just need a gift idea for that hard-to-buy-for person in your life? Give Blake and Tiffany a call with Sin Rock Engraving. They offer custom engraved rocks that will be one of a kind. They will walk you through the process of picking out your rock and customizing it with anything from names, addresses, businesses, or images of your choice. Give them a call at 419-796-9897 or check them out on Facebook, Sin Rock Engraving, 419-796-9897. Higher Threads is your one-stop shop for your custom screen printing and embroidery. While Higher Threads just opened recently, owner Sarah Hire has over 10 years of experience and loves making people happy. Get custom-made t-shirts, sweatshirts, hats, and much, much more. Visit their website at HigherThreads.com or check them out on Facebook. Higher Threads, elevate your style. Joining us now on Across the Field, Antwerp Archer, all-time leading scorer now, Landon Brewer. Landon, how's it going tonight? Pretty good, just chilling right now. Just chilling, that's awesome. Uh, Let's go back to Saturday night, man. Congratulations, first of all. 
Uh, you're now the, the school's all-time leading scorer. How's it feel? I mean, feels kind of like another day. I mean, like with Jag, and I knew he's he's had a great career and everything, and uh, I saw the way he carried himself after he broke the record. Nothing changes. Just go out and win and play basketball. You mean you didn't celebrate? You didn't take it in with, with your family afterwards or some friends? I mean, I did with my family, <laughs> but, like, it's still – we got the dub, and that's the most important thing. I like it. I like it. Humble. Corbin, you got anything? No, of course. You uh, yeah. so you guys played together for a couple of years. Um, I guess what what is the friendship like between you guys, and, and, you know, how does it make it even more special, you know, that relationship? It's, we've been pretty good friends since, obviously, our freshman year, and we've played against each other in, like, little scrimmages back when we were little or two, but um, ever since freshman year, we've been, we've been good friends. I went and watched him play a couple times. He's been back a couple times to watch us play. And it was just nice kind of for him being there and congratulating me. It was nice to see that. And it was nice to just talk to him about his game that he even had that day. So as you were getting closer, I mean, was there, was there conversations, you know, just about, you know, how to, to go about your business and things like that? Um, not really between like, no, there really wasn't too many conversations, if I'm going to be completely honest. It was kind of just go out and take care of business and try to position ourselves for the best uh, chance to win and uh, get a good seed when it comes to the tournament. Was he was he rooting for you, or could you could you tell maybe you know maybe he didn't want it? He didn't want you to take it. I, I know, Jack. He was rooting for. Me. <laughs> So you only you, you told us earlier you only have fourteen hundred and twenty one points surpassing him. So uh, I guess going back through your whole career, you know, you can talk about your teammates and and what have those guys meant to you to get you to this point and the trust that they have in you. Oh yeah, for sure, it means a lot. Obviously, like you just said there, I would not be anywhere without them. Even going back to seventh grade year when we first started playing for the school with my friends now I mean I didn't even play with those guys freshman and sophomore year but the fact that the seniors with Jagger and Luke and Caden Recker and just all those guys Gage McMichael with them coming in and helping me step up as a freshman and sophomore it means a lot and I definitely would not be anywhere without them and I can pass my information down that I got from them and all the stuff I got from them I can pass it down to the guys coming up now I want to stay on that though um, obviously you know you don't you don't want to name names as far as you know who your favorites are but I do have to ask, if you had to guess, and we don't know this, you know, for sure, but if you had to guess, who's got the most assists to help with that uh, 1421, if you had to guess? It's it's pretty close. Luke Krause hit me on a lot of skip passes in one of our main offenses freshman and sophomore year. I'd just be backside, and we'd set uh, back screens, and I'd get a lot of points based off that. I actually got my first ever varsity points from that. So okay. he, I bet, I bet Luke has a lot. Gotcha. Gotcha. That's cool. Landon, uh, talk about what your dad's meant to you. You know, he was a fantastic player at Antwerp as well. And talk about the impact he's had on you your entire life and, and gotten you to this point. Oh yeah, for sure. He's meant a lot. Same with my mom, but, um, just going back to when dad was coaching Paulding back when I was little and he was letting me do drills with them and letting me just go and enjoy the moment and kind of be a manager and, just seeing what varsity basketball is like, it made me fall in love with the game for sure. And then with him still pushing me now and with him talking to me about my game, how to fix my shot if I'm being lazy with my wrists, with just little things like that, he's pushed me a lot. And same with the credit to my mom. She's always been there pushing me, rebounded for me in the driveway. So credit goes to both of them. That's awesome. Corbin, you got anything? Yeah, I know. obviously know your dad really well. Um, yeah, how competitive do those games of horse get when you guys are shooting around? <laughs> I don't lose. <laughs> Is he going to confirm that? Uh, I don't know. Maybe he used to be. <laughs> he used to be able to beat me, but then I, the thing that he can get me in is if he uses like his opposite hand and he shoots like a free throw or something, like just little things like that. He he's always been a like a trick shot kind of guy, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. The over the backboard <laughs> shots too. Those things always killed me. So. Oh boy, let's talk about your season a little bit thus far. And like we said, you know, we caught up with Coach Billman last week, so we we've got a little insight. But 
go back to Friday night a little bit and talk about Ayersville. I mean, they came out ready to play you guys, and I think you got out to an early lead, and then all of a sudden the, the pilots came roaring back a little bit. So kind of walk us through that game and, and how you guys persevered to get the win Friday night. Yeah, so every time we play Ayersville, we know it's going to be a tough one. They're a, they're a tough team, especially defensively, but then they make plays too offensively. I feel like they're uh, – their shooters are very underrated. They have uh, Clark inside and Michael inside, but when they get the their shooters get wide open looks, they knock them down, and they definitely took advantage of that when we were being crazy defensively. So credit goes to them for giving us a really good game. But I was just happy we were able to pull out the win and just kind of move on in the GMC with another dub. Uh, yeah, just looking ahead, uh, obviously four um, you know winnable games the rest of the way out take a lot of momentum into the tournament. Um, you know, what is the, well, obviously the ultimate goal is, is to get down to the state tournament, um, and be one of the last teams in there. Um, you know, just looking ahead at your district a little bit, uh, Toledo Christian, obviously really good. Uh, Maumee Valley country day, obviously really good, but you guys are up there as well. Um, you know, took a tough loss to Wayne trace, but you guys are right on track. Uh, how is the, the momentum you guys are going to ride into the end? How is that going to impact you guys? It'll definitely be nice if we can just take it one game at a time and get get four wins to finish off this season. The, our district's pretty tough this year. Toledo Christian, I've seen them play. I've seen. I actually went to a um, a Maumee Valley game, so I know both those teams are really tough. But definitely take it one game at a time. Got to win the sectional first. Got to even just beat Hicksville on Friday. Just start with one game at a time, and then take that momentum, like you said, and just build with it as we go down the trail. Yeah, what do you know about the Hicksville Aces thus far? I'm sure you guys have kind of dove into the game plan a little bit. So what's it going to take Friday night to get a win? Uh, shut down Turnbull, for sure. If you watched, like, our first game against him in the Route 49, he came out and he came out firing. And they, I think our biggest advantage in that game was rebounding. So we just got to keep crashing the glass and just get us second opportunities. So just rebounding yeah. and then stopping their playmakers. All right, Landon, well, we appreciate your time and uh... – Again, congratulations on becoming the all-time lean scorer, just adding to it uh, from here on out. So we wish you the best, my man. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Yep. And uh, go Bucks! and hopefully the Boilermakers uh, <laughs> start slipping here a little bit. Hey, I'm going down to that game here in two weeks. Are you? Mm-hmm. Well, oh, I boy. hope that they can keep their free throw attempts under 50. <laughs> <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> okay, can can you explain to me how Purdue shoots forty more free throws than Northwestern the other night? Oh my God! Yep. Don't yeah, you because they get started with this. Because they got a seven foot dude they could throw it into. <laughs> Northwestern took like two shots that there was even anybody like Boo Booey went down and he got like he dished out from in the paint and they got wide open layups from that. But other than that, like Purdue doesn't really foul that often inside the paint. Oh, like, you're tell so you're telling me this was le this was legit. I am dead serious. <laughs> I am dead serious. I'll admit we it if Purdue fouls and Purdue does this, but they didn't like against Northwestern. They, it it was a clean called game in my opinion. Besides, there was a couple questionable calls. That uh, forty six to eight was clean. It, it, did you watch the game? No heck no. Heck yeah, no. you have you have to watch the game. The I, I would rather I would rather put myself through Ohio State basketball than watch that. Produce team basketball though. It is. Everybody gets free throws. It's like Oprah. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I just I, I meant to bring it up the other night when I saw your dad and forgot about it. So you were just you're gonna take the brunt of it now. That's okay, Pro well, Purdue. <laughs> Purdue has to get out of the first round of the tournament for me to really say too much. All right. Well, thanks again, Landon. We appreciate it. Yeah, yeah congrats. Congrats, Landon. Thank you. Looking for a high-quality detailing service? Check out Stoller Shine Detailing, located on the outskirts of Paulding. Stoller Shine Detailing has a variety of options for interior-exterior detailing. Whether your ride is new, used, or abused, Stoller Shine Detailing strives for highest quality results and treat each vehicle as their own. To schedule an appointment, go to StollerShineDetailing.com or contact owner and operator Logan Stoller at 419-770-1042. Check out Stoller Shine Detailing on Facebook. Does your landscaping need an upgrade this year? Look no further than TNT Springer Landscaping. 
They specialize in mulch, rock, trim redesign, and much more. For your next landscaping project, choose TNT Springer Landscaping. Contact Tony Springer at 419-910-0742 to make your landscaping vision a reality. Well, we want to thank Landon again, Corbin, for coming on there with us. And again, congratulations to him on becoming the all-time leading scorer. And he's just going to add more to that as the season rolls on here. So very well-spoken kid. Always enjoy having Fred come on here with us. Yeah, it was an outstanding interview. And again, it was fun to catch up with him and, and obviously take take a few shots at, at his Boilermakers. But, um, you know, ultimately he, he – he, Took it in stride, and and good luck to him. You know the rest of the way. They're they're in a district that they could they could easily win, Brett. So you know, look forward to seeing what they can do come tournament time. Absolutely, draw coming up on Sunday, and we'll dive more into that next week. Can't wait for that. So, um, but yeah, that's all I got for tonight, Corbin. You got anything else to add before we wrap up? Whatever we miss tonight, I think we'll get we'll we'll cover again tomorrow. Uh, other than shout outs, I got nothing. All right. You got any shout outs this evening? Yeah, I got a couple shout outs. One, uh, Wayne Trace, eighth grade girls winning the GMC uh, conference tournament. I don't know if you saw the shot um, that the Labounty girl hit, Brett, but uh, they hit a shot at the buzzer to knock off the Earsville pilots. So congratulations to them. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations to them. You got anything else as a shout out or is that your only one? No, no, no. I got one more. Big okay. shout out. Big, big shout out to Mikey Four. He had uh, hip surgery uh, yesterday. So from all everything I've heard from him and, and seen uh, posted on Facebook, everything went well and that he's recovering well. Um, so big shout out to him and well wishes on a, on a speedy recovery. Yeah, shout out to Mike. Big <laughs> listener of ours. He'll have plenty of time to listen to us now. <laughs> Uh, my shout out is going to be to the great head basketball coach here in Northwest Ohio, the great Paul Wayne. Um, I don't know if you saw that Saturday night, Corbin, but the yep. Holgate Tigers naming the court after Coach Wayne and deservedly so. I mean, everything he's done for, for that school and for just basketball in general in Northwest Ohio, I mean, there's not a guy more deserving of something like that. So that's my shout out. I thought that was pretty cool. I heard that Saturday morning. And uh, um, so, yeah, just wanted to give that shout out. And, and that's what I got there. So also I have another one. Shout out Sarah Harris. She always does a fantastic job on taking some photos. Um, you know, I coach a sixth grade team here at Wayne Trace and she came down took some pictures of her team and, um, told me that she was heading over to Holgate to catch that whole thing. So shout out to her, her coverage of high school sports and all the pictures she takes is fantastic. And she also gets down to Columbus and gets some of the Buckeyes and just fantastic work, what she does. So I wanted to give that shout out as well. All right. Well, that's all I got for tonight, Corbin. Uh, we'll catch up with you again tomorrow night and we'll preview the weekend and get into some more, uh, Buckeye news, I'm sure, and see if uh, Ohio State's got a new offensive coordinator. All right, you have listened to another episode of Across the Field. Peace out, players.